Let's spread a song so you can sing along with my special guest star for two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today are two very special guests who host their own podcast called The Drama Podcast. It's Connor and Dylan McDowell, everyone. Drama. What's up? (laughs) That's how we enter rooms. It's how we enter every room just drama yes oh yeah oh yeah i'm getting annoyed with it though and i hesitated in the moment to do it dylan i, I saw like, that you hesitated i was like oh this is this i is usually follow your lead on that connor so i'm glad that <laughs> <laughs> we, we both should have just not but anyways hi john it is so hi, nice john. to meet you hi for those of you who don't know connor and dylan are twins and it's a yeah. little weird for me right now <laughs> because <laughs> they i mean not only are they hosts but they have like that twin vibe going you know well no you both which just now with the drama drama that you guys did like <laughs> not not planned or anything but all this i guess you guys like i saw the twin you know energy happen and you're like we're gonna do it without wow we call that twin energy twin energy yes yeah. It's interesting. I don't think about twins being that much of a novelty because I think it's just something I live every day. Well, but it's, it's yes. certainly unique. I mean, there's like TV shows about twins or there used to be. Being a non-twin myself, I, I it's it's interesting to see twins. Personally. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about twins. We're here to talk not today. About La La Land, the most controversial movie ever, I guess. <laughs> That is so funny that you say that. Well, that's why we picked it, because we needed something with a little drama. Drama, of course. course. That makes sense. I did have somebody want to talk about it, and then he backed out and was like, nope, not it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here we are. Well, listen, I'm excited to talk about La La Land, because outside of the controversy, there was a moment in time when it was viewed by everybody as, like, the best movie of the decade. Yeah, so... La La Land came out in 2016, written and directed by Damien Chazelle, music by Justin Her- Hurwitz, and lyrics by Pasek and Paul. Just Benj Pasek and Justin Paul famously wrote Dear Evan Hansen. And according to IMDb, while navigating their careers in Los Angeles, a pianist and an actress fall in love while attempting to reconcile their aspirations for the future. I guess that happens. I don't know. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good explanation i feel like you know they should add a second sentence and be like this is a love letter to old hollywood like right and also maybe mention that it's a musical Uh, well i mean on imdb they have the um they have the genres listed so it'll be like drama musical blah but that's a good segue to one of my first questions do you feel like this is a musical movie or a movie with music Ooh. I think I, it definitely teeters the line because you have numbers like the first two. Right. And then the rest of them are all sort of actually maybe the first three. Yeah. And then the rest of them are rather diegetic because he's he's a musician. So they're well, except for uh, the audition one. I don't know if that's supposed right. to be a song or if that's like her breaking out into song, but it felt right. more the latter than the former. I agree. Yes, and I think it's 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 begging its audience to ask that question as a as an homage to old Hollywood and movie musicals. I think that's um sort of the point. I, I think people went into it thinking, "Oh my god, it's it's a musical. It's a mu-, you know, but it's really a movie that is a musical. That's an homage. It's, as we said, it's a love letter mm-hmm. and um you know, there's a moment in the movie when Mia says to Sebastian something like, you know, she's showing him her, you know, script to So Long Boulder City, which we'll talk about later, which we definitely are buying pre-sale tickets to once it hits <laughs> off-Broadway. But um, she says something to him like, it's, it's not too nostalgic. Do you think people are going to like it? And for me, that was the writers in the in the movie putting their own thought out via Mia because I think that was it. The movie is so nostalgic, and it's certainly paying tribute to these old movie musicals and 
I mean, Gosling and Stone, come on, they're they're Ginger and and Fred. They are Bogey and Bacall. I mean, I really, <laughs> I really feel that that we don't have another on screen pair like um, like Ryan and Emma. They really have such great chemistry. I can't. I mean, I would beg. I actually actually open the question to both of you. Can you think of another pair that you could see doing a movie like this together? Moulin Rouge. Okay. Yeah. You and Nicole, they did it first. I'm going to say it. <laughs> I know. I, I do think, I wonder, I would like to see them in something again. You know, I would love to see them mm. like sort of continue that. Because I think to Connor's, maybe to Connor's point, maybe this is a Twinergy moment here. Oh, but no. What I love is that <laughs> Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone had done Crazy Stupid Love and then another movie, I forget what it was called, previously. And so it was sort of like, oh, they're back together again. It's sort of like when Stokes and Audra do something on Broadway it's like, right. oh, well, here they are again. Like, I can think of theater pairs that it's like, I need to see them singing together once more. But yeah, not necessarily for film. But I wonder if that's just because we don't have, you know, a ton of movie musicals. The, the, the format is, well, we do now and there's, we're sort of in a dead space for them. But of the modern era, I should say we don't have a ton. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, because everyone in the modern musical era, it's like, they just go for the role. It's not like they're going for like the, the couples or anything like they used to. So true. Like back in old Hollywood, you know, you'd knew if another Ginger and Fred movie was coming out. Like, I don't think people really cared about the plot that much. They were just like, Oh, the next one, the next year's, you know? Well, it's funny that you say that because Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers only did like 10 films together. Wow. Which I guess the studio system was not that many, you know, but like he's been paired up with like, dozens of other women i know it's like sid sharice is one of his usuals where um no, debbie reynolds debbie Re- <laughs> no was she with she was with um gene kelly yeah with, gene uh, kelly in singing in the rain yeah 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 where he was a nightmare to her <laughs> really uh-huh. well because he was also the director and choreographer and starring in it so and she was a 19 year old who kind of lied and said that she could dance <laughs> <laughs> haven't we all been there yeah we've all we've all told white lies like that <laughs> especially on our resume <laughs> what no never <laughs> never don't look at my resume anyone um <laughs> but anyway what do you what do you guys um i know we kind of jumped around there but do you, what do you guys think movie musical musical with um you know i agree that it teeters the line but at some points it feels like it's a movie with music because I don't think, well, for starters, there's no real, like, I want song. And I feel like that is what makes, that helps make a musical is an I want song. True. You know, I, w- I was like mm, about two thirds of the way through the movie and I was like, there's no I want song in this. There's no, like, statement either of them say. Yeah. Because I don't know what they would want. <laughs> Yeah. Like, well, I suppose they, they say it, you know, it's like she, he, she wants to be an actress and he wants to save jazz. So it's, Oh my God. I can't, I can't with that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's such a meme at this point, but you're right. They never sing about their wants. We more so just get like exposition through another day of sun. The first song mm-hmm. about this is going to be a movie about LA. And I think to Connor's point about how it's sort of like an homage I think to both of your points to like old Hollywood, we do see sort of modern relics of what Hollywood was. I mean, like a lot of the movie has scenes on the Warner Brothers lot. Right. And then the Rialto, which is a big movie theater that is mm-hmm. in almost every LA based movie. Oh yeah. TV show. <laughs> I mean, someone in the crowd, you may put up an argument that that's an, I want song, but it's like a group number. So it's not, yeah, it's like the what you want from Legally Blonde the musical or like positive. It's like her girls are getting L ready for applying to Harvard, for getting her shit together to go, you know, get Warner back. So right. they're really I, trying to cheer her up. I want a part of your world. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want a I want some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder if in some version of this movie there was one, you know, I, I really wonder. Probably. I mean, well, so... I did look it up. Damien Chazelle, uh, this is his third movie based around jazz. So I feel like that was more of like the story he wanted to talk about rather than the musical side. It just so happened. 
that's how I mean I'm speculating here. Sure, Jamie, sure, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Come on the podcast and tell me the real thing. But <laughs> he uh, listens, definitely. Yes. He he's my number one subscriber. Come on. <laughs> Where have you guys been? Uh, <laughs> but it, so his other movies were Guy and Madeline on a park bench. And then there was the famous one, Whiplash, with Whiplash. Miles Teller. And yeah. But this one, it felt more like once. Once we got more into their relationship, it just felt more about the jazz music rather than like the old Hollywood musical moment. And then for me, it feels like somehow they go into a Jason Robert Brown at the end. <laughs> uh, like the the audition song seems like, am I am I wrong? Like it, no, yeah, it, it does for sure. Because like it, they they're they're in this old Hollywood ish vibe and then it goes to like a modern day musical and that's how i read it every time i see this movie i i don't know do you guys see that am i making stuff up well no and i think you're supposed to i think that's what i i don't really know but even with the movie having the title cards of the seasons i think it's supposed to represent a year in the life of this relationship but also the passage of time in general and i think that's why the musical stylings change throughout the film as well. Kind of finishing with um, the John Legend moment with the, we didn't, what is it? We didn't start a fire. Or start, start a fire. Start a fire. Yeah. And, um, and the epilogue in the end where it does famously go five years later, it has something that no other movie musical has had in the last several years. It has a dream ballet, you guys. I know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. On, yeah. That, that was their, like, I felt like that was their last ditch to be like, again go to the gene kelly route because if you if you've seen singing in the rain or on the town two movies i've done on this podcast and then or other yes plug former episodes they have a dream ballet moment Mm -hmm. and it's so long and i feel like though it works for this movie as opposed to no offense gene kelly god rest your soul but like you have some strong feelings about mr kelly I do. I mean, he's a great dancer, but like he, hearing stories about him off camera, I'm just like, oh, I don't. He was know. caked up though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to agree oh, with the, you. His booty though. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I see what you mean. I didn't know if you meant like makeup. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's that about. That was my first thing. I was like, oh, like trying to look that younger. Too. That too, for sure. Dylan, were we Twinergy? Were we having think, a Twinergy moment? I think we were. <laughs> Sorry, Connor. Uh, <laughs> for example, Singing in the Rain, when there's that dream ballet moment, it just feels like they shift gears in the movie. Whereas with mm-hmm. this one, it's the alternative as opposed like from the opposite of what we saw for the last two-ish hours, you know? Yeah. Um. I'm really bad at segues. Uh, no, what, what you need to understand is that Connor and I both watched this today separately, like rewatched it. So it is fresh. <laughs> and it's been years for me, like maybe since 2017. Like I'll, it's actually a movie that I'll put on in the background if I'm doing work or something, if I'm working from home, which I do. But I was so into this movie this time around. And that dream sequence messed me up. Like <laughs> it, it, especially because, you know, it's about your, the dreams you have and, and if they come true or they don't, or where we end up from point A to point B and the people we meet along the way. And oh my goodness, like you you don't necessarily want them together, but you do. And oh, it's just like it's the modern day Hollywood ending. It is, right. it is. It's that idea of like there's not always a happy ending, but maybe the ending can be happy without it being the typical ending. And I, I think that that dream sequence worked so well. And I remember when it came out. A lot of our friends saw who saw it because it was so popular and, and who aren't necessarily adjusted to a dream ballet. <laughs> they thought like, oh, is that really like what happened? Or like people legitimately were confused during it. Uh, and I love that this movie maybe made people think a little bit. And it was like, as Connor mentioned, it was highly regarded. I mean, this movie was praised until the, the holes were poked in it. I think we all were in our own La La Land with it. Do we want to get into that now? We sure problem? can. We sure, sure can. Or do you want to keep going through the? I mean, you can. Call well, so this. okay, you I have the plot or whatever you want to do. Uh, I just have one more question about the dream ballet, and then we can go into the controversies. Uh, who's dreaming it? Mm. Like, is it a shared dream, or is it one 
or is it his dream? Because the way that it make it, I think like the first time I saw it when it was like like way back back in 2016 when it first came out, I thought it was his dream sequence. Because you know we're led to believe you know he's playing the piano and everything, and he's thinking things. But then while rewatching it today, I realize that there's like uh, shots repeated from mm-hmm. what happens earlier in the real world where it's her perspective of things, you know, when they're in traffic going off uh, the exit uh, and going into the jazz club. So I'm just like, okay, well, is, is it a shared thing? Is it like uh, his thing? And then it morphs into a her thing. What do you guys think? <laughs> I think it's her thing, but I think it's both. I don't know. I think there's somehow, sh- they, they are twin energy in, the, in their shared <laughs> dreamscape because I've always just kind of thought it was both of their... Maybe they both thought it would end up that way, you know? Maybe they talked about it. We didn't see. Cause... Well, also, he was playing a theme that we had heard throughout the movie. Like, that was sort of what, at least by the end of that sequence, he was plunking out those chords, the City of Stars, right? Yeah. And so that was obviously a song they sat together and played at the piano many times. So maybe it was to evoke both of their their memories and thoughts. Who knows? We could all be right. And it'd be like, you know, the first half of his, then they meet in the middle, and the last half is hers. Yeah. Something like that. Um, I but, did. Yeah. I I mean, like, I I really did enjoy it, though. Like, yeah. Um, I know my my over the years, my opinion of this movie has differed a little bit since the first viewing. Because, like, when it first came out, I had the rose tinted glasses on. I was like, oh my god, I love it. But then, you know, you realize that, like, I think it wants to be a Star Is Born, L- not like just like the Star Is Born storyline, not like saying it wants to be what the racing yeah, I get, version I get of what it you're was. saying yeah yeah uh but like i don't know there's some there's some bits and bobs that i i just don't like about it <laughs> like <laughs> like you know um the fact that well so there's there's that one scene where they argue over um him playing with john legend mm-hmm. because you know he's been all about saving jazz and everything but like right. That that scene puts to question like what's more important, your relationship or your career? And I'm just like, why do you have to choose? Like I mean I agree. I mean, if you're gonna sell out, sell out and you can complain to your partner about it. But like also, I mean, she's there to be like, You hate this. Why are you doing this? You know, like she's trying to push him and he's and he pushed her a little too far, I feel like. Yeah, I think that clearly there was some communication issues in their relationship. If, oh, yeah, totally. if he like went out on tour and hadn't maybe explained to her and I mean, she was really wrapped up in writing her show. And I think they just found each other at this moment in their lives when they both needed a creative spark or sort of a push, like you said. And that dinner scene, it is painful. Oof. The way that it ends, the, the tension that's going on, the green lighting, the the way that the the, the stove timer starts going off like crazy and oh my god when she he's like when he says about you're an actor you should get that like it was just like oh my god like it was like and I guess Connor probably knows more about this than me but I believe they contributed some of the dialogue there oh I'm not sure it certainly seemed like they were going for it you know there were surprised there were moments where it felt like it was ad-libbed Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe uh, I remember in an inter- reading, seeing an interview where they said that that scene was sort of like a group effort. That makes sense. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like throughout this whole movie, it feels like a group effort, you know, with all of her auditions and everything that she goes oh, on. Yes. <laughs> I mean, on IMDb uh, in the trivia section, it said that the one where she gets interrupted uh, while on, you know, like she she's delivering the monologue on the phone and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the casting director interrupts her. Apparently, that happened to Ryan Gosling in an audition. So, oh, so they, they added their own. I love that. That's cool. That lives yeah. forever. Then you know, and I'm sure that's happened to many people. <laughs> I know it's so good though, because it wasn't until this time that I realized that in all of her audition scenes, except there's the one where you do see the casting director contributing to some of it. It's it's filmed the same way where it's you just see Mia and then ending of course with her big audition the fool's with, a dream with a color 
wall background right. <laughs> like there's that whole montage there's so many montages in this movie there yeah. are there really are and i do think it, it sort of bogs down some of the movie especially in like the middle to latter portion but i think that's just the a pacing issue especially because of the formula of the seasons keep the dream ballet montage i'm okay with that one mm-hmm. maybe cut out like two uh, i do like the um their relationship growing montage Mm -hmm. if that if i had to put a title to something (laughs) but there are others that i'm just like you could have like cut this out like it Mm -hmm. didn't need to be a two hour long movie no no offense but like (laughs) i would have taken three hours i'm like such a fan i'm i'm so crazy though no i'm kidding i thought it was i thought it was long enough connor wanted Um, her whole one woman show included in it i want the (laughs) i want so long boulder city to find its way somewhere i need like an like a Brooklyn alt community um, com- comedian from that community to do like a full so long Boulder mm-hmm. city. That would be iconic. Also, I can't let this episode go on without saying, I think that Emma and Ryan give unbelievable acting performances. Oh, they're great. They're they great really in this. really are. And I think I forgot. Cause like you said, John, like you, of course, as time goes on, your opinion changes on things or whatever, but I mean, especially Emma, she is so this character, it's crazy. Like the scene when Seb goes and finds her at home and they're, you know, talking to each other in front of the library and in front of his car. And in this moment, he's he's pushing her again, but really pushing her to wake up, you know, because she was trying to do it to him earlier, maybe less successfully. And then he's here telling her, like, there's this chance for you. Why aren't you going to take it? And she has that monologue where she talks about like, oh, I, it yes. breaks my heart every time where she's just yeah. like, maybe it's just something I like doing or, you know, whatever she says, like that is acting. I love it so much. And of course there's controversy that she won the Oscar over Natalie Portman or whatever, but I certainly think it's a worthy performance and um, yeah, it's great. So. Do we, do we want to get into the Oscars controversy then? Let's, yeah, do, let's it. do it. Let's do maybe it. That's a perfect segue. So for those of you who were sleeping under the rock for the last five years or whatever, this was up for best picture at the, is it set the 2017 Oscars, I believe? Yeah. Yeah. And it was against Moonlight, which I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, but Mm -hmm. that movie is brilliant. Brilliant. Totally. And the Warren Beatty announces that La La Land won the Oscar and while they're like all hugging and crying and congratulating each other, they actually read the card and it was not for that category. Apparently it was like Emma Stone's category. They yes. had the same card. Yeah. So they read, they just read, you know, and the winner is La La Land, you know, at the bottom, instead of saying Emma Stone for La La Land mm-hmm. and really <laughs> They had to be like, so Moonlight, you actually won this. Congratulations. Oh, I know. <laughs> I will never forget that moment that night because it's the, it's the moment of the night. It, it is like the moment everyone's waiting for. This was one of those years with a lot of great movies. And yes. Faye Dunaway, I think, encouraged Warren to read that. And it, right. that was their fault fully. But also the fact that when they were, when it was announced that it was La La Land, they played the walk-up music. They played um, Ever- Fools Who Dream, I think, or whatever it was. They played like some grand orchestral version of it as though it was planned. Like that to me is what's so strange is you would think that they would have been like, no, 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 no. That's not the song that's being played right now. <laughs> I don't remember that detail. I just mm-hmm. remember, you know, the winner is La La Land and then Moonlight, you actually won. I don't remember the, oh, oh. Yeah, so I'm a little bit, I'm kind of. Um, You're a truther. I'm a truther. I'm coming out now as a truther that this was a stunt by ABC or the Academy Awards um, because, you know, it had sagging ratings. I mean, it was the talk of the town. I'll never forget. You couldn't swing a rock without hitting someone who had a joke about this the next day. Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel was mortified. Like every opening late night sketch the next night was some reference to that or a mess, you know, SNL, I'm sure parodied it. Like it was crazy. And I will say what even sucked was a few people made speeches. There oh were a few God. acceptance speeches for La La Land in that moment. 
I know. And then all of a sudden, I think, was it Damien Chazelle that himself that was like, actually, Moonlight, I, you won? I think it was Mark Platt. No, it was, it was, the, it was like this bald guy. He was one of the producers. He was bald. And I remember everyone was like, he's the hero of the night. Pick a white man, any white man. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. And Boy. which is the other controversy of the movie that we, I think, should talk about eventually. But. Yeah, we should get to that. And also, <laughs> Ryan Gosling's face when they made the snafu is truly amazing. He's like laughing yeah. in the background. It is. It's still a meme to this day. Oh my god! I need to find that. I'm gonna. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like it's. You have it. Oh great. (laughs) So good. Oh yeah. I use it all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, the other controversy is that La La Land is a mostly like 98% white movie, and it's also about jazz, which is historically something that comes from Black culture, and so that was also a huge controversy at the time. And then the fact that Moonlight, which is a black story. And a black queer story. Black queer story was the true winner and kind of had its spotlight stolen. Not to be confused with Spotlight, which won the next year or the year before. <laughs> the year before. <laughs> the year before. Um, but yeah, it was it was bad news. And but I I will say I certainly hear the controversies about jazz and La La Land being a white film. But to the point that other people had about the casting, I it was really there were really only two characters in this movie, and they it's my understanding that they built it around. Emma and Ryan. So I I wish there was another movie like La La Land that had more representation in it. But in this in this very specific two two hander almost, I see what they were doing and I see where they went wrong. So Right. Like you can't throw John Legend in it and be like, hope for the best, you know. Right. It was his first film too. I, I'm not gonna lie though. I think he did a great job as an actor. He did a great job. I mean, he deserves his EGOT, you know? Yes. All, did, all of the gods. Uh-huh. Did I do a bad job of explaining the controversy? No, I no. think you're right. And I, I think I think to that point, like, John Legend's character is someone. I don't know his name. I don't know J.K. Simmons' character's name. I don't know. Uh, is Ryan Gosling's character have a sister at Seth the beginning? Has a sister, yeah. He has a sister that, and then you just, you see her once, and then you see her pictures throughout. Yeah. And then the same with Mia's roommates and yes. slash friends, where you're like, you you kind like they have that one moment and someone in the crowd and then they're throughout they see they see her solo show they see her show her in the apartment you see them in the apartment randomly on a random day Mm -hmm. but then like they they don't i I don't know if they actually have names i think they have names because i think when they're going to when when mia and her her husband in the in the epilogue are going to something they say someone's name, and I think it's one of their names. Oh, you're probably right. I'm sure it's, it's a, on the credits. That still, I only noticed at this time. No. I've never, never really processed it but before. Still, one of those girls could have been a woman of color. Seriously, <laughs> like anybody in this movie, they could have really juiced up the representation, and they sort of made that brave choice not to. So that's really it is a shame. It's can a we shame. keep? Can we keep Jessica Roth though in this movie? Who I is love. Jessica Roth? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So in in real world, you know, she was in that movie Happy Death Day. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but she plays one of Mia's friends. Oh, oh, She's fine. The okay. She's the blonde, yeah. And they're all great. They're all great vocalists. Like they they're all beautiful girls, all very thin girls. You know, it's a mm-hmm. it's, it's well and that too, you know, if you want to talk about representation, like there's no queer representation in this movie. There's mm-hmm. no no one above like a size three in this movie or whatever, yeah. you know, everyone's real thin. Uh, well, they're starving artists, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this problem could have been easily solved with putting a different actor in instead of Ryan Gosling. I know that's like so controversial of me to say, because Connor's heart is broken right now. They're the pair though. They're the I hero. know, but, 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 you know, Leslie Odom Jr. You know, what maybe if- someone, maybe someone with more name credibility. What if, we put all of our stock into John Legend as Sebastian. There you go. I, I'm really not... I thought about that when I was watching the movie. I was like, could he have been the Sebastian role? And maybe I'm... if he had more acting chops at the time. Well, I mean, I feel like hearing the uh, monologue about like saving jazz and all that out of his mouth would be a little more grounded and realistic in my <laughs> eyes than hearing Ryan Gosling be like, gotta save jazz. Yeah. yeah. When in reality, his saving of jazz is just staying true to the tropes of jazz. Whereas the, the is his name Andrew? Did I make that up? 
he does have a name john legend's character is trying to like progress jazz which i think is what's interesting about it too is like he's not holding on to this old version of it he's trying to like move it forward granted it's such a subplot that like doesn't even make sense in like the grander scheme of it all but (laughs) i'm not gonna lie i didn't hate the music no like i know i know john legend had a hand in writing start start a fire okay you can tell i mean it fits his voice perfectly but like that 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 like jam session scene that they have i feel like he may have written that Mm -hmm. but i mean it's so watching this movie that scene in the jazz club where um seb is telling mia about like you know all the instruments uh you know dominating the moment and uh, having a conversation i was just sitting there like this was written music like <laughs> it it didn't feel like they were uh improving right i was like they are playing a song like a mm-hmm. written song no Wait, that's that just so reminded true me, that just reminded me of the moment when they're fighting but when she's like trying to encourage him to like start his club and they're it's this the dinner scene she says a line where she's like i like jazz now <laughs> yeah she does. i thought it was it wasn't it's not supposed to be funny and it isn't played as funny but i was like doing something else i was watching it and she's like i like jazz now and i thought it was funny <laughs> <laughs> i'm like losing my mind right now <laughs> i know i know well okay how about we keep ryan and emma but we change things about his character so it's like less problematic sure yeah I think. Maybe, maybe we take out the saving jazz storyline and just make him like he always a musician. Had a yeah, yeah just he wants to be a musician to have a to have a club. He could be a musician who doesn't like the music he's playing. I mean, look at Jesse and Little Mix and Zayn and One Direction. Like, they were in those groups for years and later claimed to hate the music. So yes, literally, I'm dying, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like he could. I feel like he could like jazz, but I feel like tone it down a little bit you know yeah it's it's a boner it's a big boner for jazz Uh uh-huh like like, i go 10 minutes a tromboner he's like i go 10 miles away to get my coffee by this like jazz spot or whatever i'm just like you are crazy (laughs) i mean i i i know like uh, uh, people who go 10 like 10 miles out of their way to go to their favorite spot but it's like uh, for coffee and for jazz and like just a bit i know Wait, I feel like I feel like we're really focusing on this detail. Is there anything else you guys um, lo- like or dislike about this movie? We'll get to that in Strap and Flat, but we still need to talk more. Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So here's another question. I know we were talking about like it's a love letter to old Hollywood and mm-hmm. it's very L A ness, but like since we're changing up characters, could we change the city, or would that like ruin the vibe of the whole movie? I think it would ruin the vibe of the Hollywood aspect because I think we associate Hollywood with LA, like Los Angeles, La La Land, LA. City of Stars. City of Stars. Follow me on this one. Ready? Yeah. Seb is a, is, it's going to sound weird. He's a country music, music enthusiast and they're in Nashville. Oh, okay. You can do that. Right. I think you um, do that it could sure. be a love letter to to Nashville, but yeah. I feel like you could still do the old Hollywoodness of it in Nashville. You know what I mean? Yeah. I th- like, yeah. sure. I mean, but- I get jazz would work better for the Dream Ballet, but I feel like you. I mean, if you want to keep it that he's a musician, uh, and if we wanted to change cities, I feel like that would work. That would work. I mean, New, York, would work. New York would work. Eh, New York is overplayed. <laughs> could jazz could jazz work in like New Orleans? Uh yeah. Ooh, yeah. I don't I, know. I, that could work. And that because you know, LA and New York are just so overdone. I'm trying to like find an I was trying to find like another city that doesn't get enough representation in movies and yeah. they're also a giant music hub. Yeah. Mm. I'm trying to think of something fun and clever. I mean, if we really wanted to switch things up, we we're gonna have to change a cat. We're gonna have to change Ryan Gosling out. But like Miami could have been good for like, oh yes, and and cast. Um, Don't say Mister Worldwide, aka Pitbull, in the John Legend role. No, I was gonna say Ricky Martin. Oh yeah, I mean that's great. <laughs> Anthony that Ramos. Great. 
Anthony Ramos. Yes. Yes. There we go. Well, he could have been. Yeah, he could have been the, he the Sebastian role. Yeah. yeah. That's actually when they remake well, La La Land. Well, and... it's gestating for Broadway. They had talked about turning it into a full length. Right. I think the, I think that what makes it such a, what I think what moves me about it is the cinematic aspect of all of it yeah. too, which is what's interesting about uh, making that transfer. But I suppose Moulin Rouge has done that successfully. Yeah. Well, and so, it's also. Uh, what, what would it need for the Broadway one in your opinions? Well, and I want song. Obviously. <laughs> it would need. I think it could still be broken up by the seasons like um, Jersey Boys does. It could. It needs. Let's see. An ensemble. Okay maybe an ensemble and and supporting players because i think what made all of the rogers and hammerstein musical so successful which i read about this in a book that they did they had the a storyline and then the b storyline so for example you go with oklahoma you have curly and laurie but then you also have will and ado annie like you have the two different love stories going on or even in um the king and i you have the king and Anna or Anna. And then you have Tuptim and I forget her lover's name. So there's like different love stories repeated throughout the whole thing. And maybe if there was supporting characters, you know, his friend, the John Legend character fell in love with maybe one of Mia's friends or something. I don't know. I know. I wonder what they do. But like, does it need to be a love story though? Or could they make John Legend, the John Legend music, uh, a, a stronger B storyline? They could. You know? And I think that's another thing that La La Land would want to do because they don't want it to be typical. They want to change. They want to subvert the theme a little. So I think that's smart. What? It, okay. So with the song, there's really only seven songs in this movie, yeah. which was surprising. A lot of music, but song-wise, there's only seven. At, would any of these, do you think, would be cut from? Like, not how they're... So, like, uh, if on stage... They can't do another day of sun the way they do it in the movie. Right. Let's be real here. But I feel like Lion King style in the audience where we go back cars and they're (laughs) rolling and jumping. Wouldn't that be epic? I I was thinking the same thing. No, but you're right. That wouldn't work as well. That wouldn't work, but I feel like it would, it should transfer if there is going to be a stage version of it. True. Yeah. It's a great song. I mean, it's so fun, but like, I'm, I'm looking at the songs and I don't think any of them like should not be in this, in this proposed musical. Is it actually happening though? I don't or- know. I mean, it's been so many years. Like I feel like now if they really want to make something, they'll make it right away. Like look what happened with frozen, you know, it, the way the turnaround on that, but right. I don't know. I think the song, a lovely night could be cut. I like that one though. Like that I you get the, too. You get the the poster with that, like you do. But I think a better song could go there. I could even tell you how the song goes when I watched the movie today. All I can hear is Ryan going, "What a waste of love!" <laughs> oh, that's how it goes. Okay, well, <laughs> I remember it now, but <laughs> right. But I will oh, say I remember- the best song, the centerpiece of the movie, the everything not centerpiece, but the eleven o'clock number, the the everything of this is audition, the foolish dream. I think it is the best part of this movie i think that sequence is gorgeous i think emma wins the oscar in that moment the camera it's a one take right when they do it in the movie well so there's a couple one takes in this like a day, mm. another day in the sun there are no visible cuts in that song i do know that they filmed everything start to finish like they wouldn't do like okay now we're gonna do the first verse and then cut and then chorus and then cut they filmed them like it was a real musical number so that wouldn't surprise me well, so if you watch it, there are moments where the camera pans away, where I think that's where the cuts are, the cut but they're okay. not visible. It's sure. not like, you know, one face, another face, one face. Uh-huh. And then there were a couple other, like, longer shots in the movie, but not necessarily, like, a one take or like yeah. a, a no visible cut moment. Like them walking from the party up to the hill where, where they see the Griffith Observatory and everything. Isn't that all one take? them just walking I think so i you know what i watched this this afternoon and i don't remember yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that memorable in my brain yeah i mean well i think there are moments in the dream ballet as well where there are longer takes mm-hmm. rather than, but it's not one continuous shot because they could you can't yeah. but like that moment where they're in like the painted the clearly like painted set piece yeah uh, I think that is one take. Okay. Hmm. When, it, when it's like Paris? Uh, P- 
is it is it supposed to be Paris? I thought yeah. it was supposed to just be them um, around the town, like all lovey-dovey with the with the ensemble coming in and like super. It's super like old Hollywood in my eyes. At one point, I think we're we're supposed to see them kind of along the Seine, the River Seine. Maybe that's it. That- God, I love this movie. The visuals are gorgeous. Like I would even be inclined to put it on again tonight. Oh, so good. <laughs> it's so good. Dylan's like, I'm going to fall asleep to this movie and not real. <laughs> and by fall asleep, I mean, I'm going to just lay down in the dark and have it playing. Because <laughs> the, the gorgeous piano, like something, I think that if I was still in college and like needed like background music when I was like writing essays, I would have played the Justin Hurwitz score. Like I would have definitely mm, listened yes. to that gentle Beautiful. music. Yes. The, he is, he, it, it is great. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give you that. I don't, I don't think this movie is in my top 10 of movies ever, like of all time. I feel like, though, the music is. Okay, yeah, I love that. I love that. And, you know, I was really hoping it would usher in a new era of movie musicals. And we had some original ones. Yeah, we've had some really great ones. We've had some really bad adaptations and whatnot over the last six months even. But (laughs) I certainly think that this, this movie, like when you think about musicals, movie musicals, I don't think it's one of the first ones that comes to mind because it's not a Broadway show as well. Yes, that's why that's why I was like, is this really a musical or is it a yeah. movie with music? To tie it all together, is there anything else though that you both want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat? Gosh, I know we jumped around a lot, which is very McDowell fashion. Oh my I God, will yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think we did cover all the bases. Welcome, Agreed. welcome to podcasting, everyone. <laughs> <I know. laughs> we jump around a lot. <laughs> I know. I think we hit it all. I I think it's a stunning film. It's a stunning story. Well, no. would you would you say that this is like your top ten movies? I would of all time. For sure, movie yeah. musicals. Yes, movies. Movies. Not- I I would. I could watch it again. <laughs> I could watch it again and again. If M- that's Ryan a criteria, so- if that's a criteria, like a rewatch type movie, then I would say yes. No, no. I mean, well, it doesn't have to be a criteria, but like, if you were at gunpoint and were told to list your top ten favorite movies of all time, would La La Land be part of that? That's more what I mean. I, I don't think it would. It would for me. But I hate that you made me think about that because then it made me think what I would say and I can't think of anything at all except for grace. Because <laughs> it's the word. Grace is the word. Always. <laughs> Always and forever. No, right. for sure. It's so good. The music, the story, the chemistry, the love, the dream chasing. It's just, it's it's got it all. Not well, It doesn't have everything, but it's got a lot of things I love about movies. Okay. Okay, and you're allowed to have an opinion, even if it's wrong. Anyway, <laughs> I kid. I, I'm I'm joking. I don't mean to shit on this movie too much. It's not as bad as some other ones that I've done in the past. Jason uh, Kerr warned me about you. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> anyway, we dig- We digress. Let's get into <laughs> sharp and flat, shall we? Sharp flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether we talked about it or not. And if we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. I'm pretty sure we're all in agreement. The flat, uh, off flat of this movie is no, like, representation outside of straight white people. Yes, we're agreed. 100%. That was what I was going to (laughs) say. Awesome. Because I have other nitpicky things that I didn't like about this movie. But But let's start with sharps. Who wants to go first? Mm, of things we haven't said yet i know you could we you could emphasize something you said earlier okay so here's here are mine i'll go first sure um i i'm a sucker for the long takes or no visible cuts in any movie so i that i i'm really sharpening that especially another day in the sun like i had to rewatch it to be like this isn't there are no cuts like i've seen this is probably like the third or fourth time i'm seeing this movie and i had to rewind it to understand that it was no visible cuts in that in that whole song i love that (laughs) it's so i love that they wear the same shoes in a love a lovely night uh when they're doing the tap dancing you know it's the same style uh obviously love yes when the movie came out those shoes sold out everywhere Uh, I also am going to sharp the background actors and dancers. So there's, there's like two moments in mind. One is during another, uh, someone in the crowd 
where they're at the pool party, but then there's some like background dancers like in the house, but by the windows and everything. And then the other is the scene where they're right by on the lot that is being filmed. And then mm-hmm. they yell, and then when they yell cut, those actors get into a, a verbal uh, yes. uh, argument and I'm just like this is awesome like all the little shit that's happening you thought that was Gene Kelly and Debbie Reynolds <laughs> yes yes it did. <laughs> I also did like John Legend's jazz speech because like it makes sense you know you have to you can't we can't go backwards we have to go forwards and so to get people liking musicals even they you have to do something new with it. So mm-hmm. I agree. And then, you know, I just loved Another Day in the Sun, Someone in the Crowd and the audition scene. Like those, those were great. Everything about it was great. So yeah. good. All right. My my sharps are probably that it really borrowed heavily from An American in Paris and Singing in the Rain. Like I really love those musicals. And I think it just was such a nostalgic and warm watch for me. I also just have to, you know, say... Emma Stone is my sharp. She is to me this movie. She is so brilliant in it and she worked her butt off for it. I, I I know that she was on Broadway in Cabaret shortly before as Sally Bowles. And I know that her vocals are criticized, but I do think that in some productions of Cabaret, Sally isn't like a mega voice talent. And right. I could totally see her nailing that role depending on the production. I feel like with Sally, you have to more emote the song mm-hmm. rather than sing perfectly yes and i believe she was like ill the night that the team from la la land came and saw the show and she said she had a cold but she still went on and i think like being able to like you know i'm like i'll give her an award for that but it's like the fact that like she's a movie star she's got a lot to prove she's going to work harder because she wants to make sure that she's still going to turn out a good performance like to me she is a superstar i wish that she's turned out like equally amazing roles in the years since I, because she is like in my, in my top 10 of my actresses, my, my league of extraordinary female actresses. But I, I think that, that for me, this is always going to be like the peak until she turns out another great performance. Well, you know, she started out in a musical TV show, right? That never really aired. No. no. So as Emily Stone, she was on a reality show, like looking for a new Partridge family and one, and they actually only did released one episode. It's on YouTube. But, How old is she? Uh, this is, mm, ooh, somewhere. She, the thing with Emma Stone though, I know she's probably around like our age. Yeah. You know, 30 something, but she still looks like she could play like a 21 year old. So like, I don't know how old she really was. Maybe she was 20. She could have been 18. She could have been 25 for all I know. Well, how how old was she when she filmed Superbad? Let's put it that way. I don't know, but I know she was 20. I think she was 27 or 28 when she won the Oscar for La La Land. Okay. So our age now, Connor. I know. Oh, my God. Same age Gwyneth Paltrow was when she won her Oscar for Shakespeare in Love. Oh, just saying. Uh, Wow. So I... I have a feeling she may have been 18 then, 18 or 19 when she, okay. she did Wow, that. I need to look it up. Superbad, uh, Easy A, The House Bunny. I mean, she turns it. Uh, Dylan, any other sharps? No, but I do have a flat, but I'll save that. Okay. I Everything you guys said, all of that, the dream ballet at the end, the entire epilogue, the way they tie it up, the scene of Mia and Seb after her audition when they're kind of like, where are we? And then she's like, I'm always going to love you. And he's like, Ah! I'm always going to love you. It really hits different. They just, yeah, it's so good. And I love when they're walking through the Warner Brothers lot together. Do you like how mine are all book scenes? And um, (laughs) book scenes. I love the scene I mentioned in front when they're, when he's like pushing her and to, to, you know, follow through on this audition. And I do love City of Stars. I think it's a great song. And um, what other? What else do I love? What else do I love? The colors, the the costumes, the the way the lighting hits. It's so good. I love when they're in. This is the last one. Griffith Griffith Observatory, and they float up into the heavens. And- oh, that's real. That's actually a nice moment too, where they dance on air, and then they. It, I was I was watching it, and I was just like, how did they film? the ending of that like i feel like 
they filmed it in reverse. Okay. That, like, that makes a lot of sense. Because I feel like landing in a seat is difficult than like getting lifted off a seat. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, it's so good. And I also have to say, I love that Rebel Without a Cause is referenced in the movie so many times. It's the movie they're going to see. Rebel Without a Cause has an iconic scene at Griffith Park Observatory. Why can't I say Griffith? Griffith Park Observatory. And I mean, Ryan Reynolds is the James Dean of our generation. No one is cooler than Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Gosling? I'm so, oh my God, Ryan Gosling. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm just like... He feels about, so strongly about this point. I'm thinking about how hot James Dean is and I'm like, oh my God, is Ryan Gosling as hot? But no, Ryan, Ryan Gosling is like the James Dean. So of course they had to do the driving and everything, you know. And I think I remember reading that they saw him in the film Drive, and they were like, oh, my God, he's our Sebastian. But, oh. oh God. I I there was the a last... lot of driving, a lot of Prius time. In a lot movie. of Prius. And I'll, I'll leave us with this sharp here, but the look they give each other at the end after the, the epilogue, and, you know, they acknowledge each other, and no words need to be spoken. Oh, boy. Okay. Let's go into flat. John hates me. No, 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 no. no. no I, I'm trying to remember that look, and you know that's a weird scene too because it's she doesn't say anything to her now her husband where it's like oh I know the owner of this or oh I know that guy you know it, it I'm just like I mean wouldn't would you say you know this place or that person and I, you had a whirlwind romance for a year right. Right. I mean, you could be like, oh, this is my ex. Ha 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 ha. No, they say nothing. And it's a, oh, it's a little too real. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe the wound is just so deep or maybe it's like a part of her life that she's had to like seal away. I don't know. Ooh, I have chills. That really fucked me up at the end of the movie. I've got to be honest. All right. What are our flats? I have one flat other than what we've discussed collectively. And it's that he says pishy caca. All oh, the I time. Hate I hate that. <laughs> it is so stupid. It is so bad. Okay, Pishy so, Kaka? Connor, you like the costumes. I had, I have a thing against them because they're all solids. And like, there's v- very rare are there prints or patterns on something. And I'm just like, I get it. You're paying homage to old Hollywood, but even in old Hollywood movies, they had all the prints and all like everything and all the fabrics uh, at their disposal like there i i got so angry at <laughs> at a in uh, another day in the sun the guy that's in all red before they reveal the band in the truck i got so angry at his costume i was like <laughs> where is the texture give me something and i it was violent yeah <laughs> I, that's funny yeah, but like that's just that's a that's just a little nitpicky thing. Besides all the other controversial stuff, and yes. then and then if you're doing a movie, in my opinion, paying homage to old Hollywood, there should be a you should represent this woman named Bess Flowers. Ever hear of her? No, great. She is credit. She is credited with the most background work ever in Hollywood. Wow. She is in something like she, she's credited for something like 900 films on I, IMDb. Work, Bess. But like, it's also like you blink and you miss her. So if you really wanted, if you really wanted to do something old Hollywoody, I would say, you know, maybe name somebody Bess as an homage to her. Who knows? They could have. But, uh, but all we remember is Sebastian and Mia. <laughs> yeah right. or, yeah or like call the the coffee shop like the flowers uh, cafe or the best cafe or something yeah, like that. yeah some some just something you know or yeah but that that's just me and <laughs> nitpicking about this movie i mean no, you're a history buff it seems and i love that well i've d- so there so far i've done three episodes with bess in it and so you know i wanted to pay my respects to her because you know i feel like that's a whole podcast on its own playing like where's Bess in this movie? Uh-huh. <laughs> a where's Waldo type thing. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh but yeah, I mean the everything is fine about this. It it gives it tells you right off the bat it's not a rom-com. So it 
it works. It, it achieves its goals in that respect. I couldn't really find anything else besides the major controversial thing that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, any real other negatives about it? So, it, Connor, scene, what a- when when Mia it makes that cover band play Iran, and there's this really hot guy who's shirtless right behind her when she's like being silly and dancing, and I'm like so distracted by him. That was a bad choice. <laughs> Damien Chazelle needs to be. Put away for that one because it's i noticed him too yeah He's like too in shape it's crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's your shirt that's your flap I well mean- <laughs> we, we've discussed all of the other ones right i mean you have to pull connor's arm to get any more he's this is his movie truly okay. no representation at all yeah i've got to say so- when we when when we discussed coming on this podcast john okay connor was the one who suggested la la land so oh so okay. he's the reason why we're talking about this today. That's fine. I like I I, I, I like a little you know drama. <laughs> hey, what would life be like if we agreed on truly everything? It would be the most boring hour of everyone's lives, right? I don't know. We could still talk about fun facts and like our our history when it comes to the movie, but like yeah, um, I love your attitude. Yeah, trying to trying to be a podcaster. Goddamn it. <laughs> No, that's, I mean, that's like on our podcast, like Connor and I usually have all the same opinions. So we wonder sometimes like, maybe that's why I guess it's necessary always to have like a different point of view. Cause Connor and I were raised together. We were conditioned to like the same things together through the movies we loved. And there's that twin vibe, twin energy as well. So. Twin of the night. <laughs> Life is but a song, John. Oh, oh, bravo. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the episode's not over just yet for that'd be a good tie up. Um, would you I, well, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist, Connor? I think I know the answer already, so I'm gonna go to Dylan first. <laughs> absolutely, and it is without a doubt audition full to dream. Okay, I I agree with you. I'm gonna add another day in the sun and someone in the crowd. Those are just like the bops of it. Like I I like the other songs. No 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 shade to them, but I feel like those three are the ones that you know i would listen to more and have yeah i'm with you i i don't yeah i mean city of stars is always stuck in my head does that make it iconic i don't know because it's not like a song i love listening to but the theme is so good the music not necessarily the lyrics but the music and definitely not the vocals but i don't know i think it's really good if this is like one of your favorite movies, they play it like 75 million times in the movie. So they make so you like why. it. They they make you remember that melody. So Yes. And it won at the Oscars, no? Didn't it win best original mm-hmm. song? Uh, well, did it, it stay? It did. <laughs> it did win. And they kept it. The they didn't that, take it away. Was that the year that Coco won? That was the next year. They they were up for greatest showman the following year. Uh, but uh, it, this is me did not win. Remember me from Coco won. This is me is a better song than City of Stars. Yes. Definitely. Yes, I will 110% agree with you on that. I forgot that Greatest Showman was the year after. Mm-hmm. Because they were like, they were everything. It was like but, right off of La La Land, they Greatest Showman. And, and they just did um, uh, Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, the new right. one. Yeah. So it, it, they have like a great run. I wonder what they're up to these days. Are they I like- want them to come back to Broadway. I want them to do another Broadway score because their contemporary music is so good. Did they write for Pitch Perfect 2, the Flashlight song? Oh. They might have. Because there's a, there's a song in Dear Evan Hansen that sounds just like it. Yeah, You Will Be Found and, the Fla- and Flashlight do sound pretty similar. Yep, yep. So. I love that you just dropped the most obscure song in movie musicals ever, Flashlight. That's Jesse J does have a killer version it's of it. It's iconic. He does have a killer version of it. And on that note, we're done with the episode now. Uh, thank Connor, you for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for agreeing to it and, you know, listen, like letting me prod you with <laughs> coming up with this date to record. Uh, oh my you- gosh. Do y'all have anything you want to plug or promote? Yeah, I mean, our podcast at The Drama Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, it's available everywhere you can find the Life's What a Song podcast. It's a weekly released episode. This is our, we're coming up on our second year, 
actually this week we're celebrating our second year and um, over a hundred plus episodes and we have never missed a week. It's featuring thrilling special guests, mostly actors and performers in the Broadway sphere, but we have branched out. We've had a winner of Great British Bake Off. We've had the first openly gay rugby player. We have Katy Perry's songwriting partner coming up pretty soon. Like just really, we try to like run the gambit because drama is everywhere you look. I'm still waiting for my invitation, by the way. <laughs> not to be not to be passive aggressive, but to be passive aggressive. A I'm, little crossover moment. I'm waiting patiently in the wings for it, if you will. <laughs> Life uh, is but a song, John. Are you gonna cut it in here now? Yeah, Life's yeah. but a song, John. <laughs> And if you want to stay in touch with the podcast or tell me that, tell me why I should love La La Land, I don't know. Uh, you can email me at buttasongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttasongpod. And if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about Pontiful Pock. Where are you? I where don't are... know anything about it yet. I've never even heard of this in my life. Jason Kerr picked it. So. Not Jason. Uh, Jason. Jason is basically my co-host on this show. So, and well, Love. he's amazing. He's he's great. Birds of a feather. You you're great as well, John. And this was a really fun chat. Thanks for having us. For having us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, bye for now, everyone. Yeah. We'll <laughs> chat soon. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. <laughs>